Let's praise God for that worship team. Wow. If you guys look around, I think we officially outgrew the school. It's time to get back. It's time to get back in our building. It's time to get back in the building. I think God was waiting for some of you to show up before he let us. He's waiting for some of you to come out before he can let us go back in. Oh, come on. That's deeper than me. Y'all didn't expect me to be that deep the first time out. See that? All right. All right. All right. All right. I'm, I put chapstick on right now because this word is fire right now. I'm just like it. Amen? Amen? So let's... Second, Second Timothy, I just want to hit you. You like that? Second Timothy, I want to hit you with Second Timothy right from the start. Second Timothy 4, verse, starting at verse 6. It says, For I am already being poured out as a drink offering, and the time of my departure has come. I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. Henceforth there is laid up for me the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will award to me on that day. And not only to me, but also to all who have loved his appearing. I want to talk to you this afternoon about the good fight. Amen. About the good fight. I want, to, I want to talk to you about the good fight. See, with, a, with all the drama that we've been going through, besides the, the building and, the, and the, doing the physical things, the repairs and the filings and the structural engineers and the architects and the, and the permits, and we've also been praying and fasting, and at times we've been fighting with God. Anybody been fighting with God about this? Anybody been fighting with God about some other situation in your life that has made you uncomfortable? That has taken you out of your, your comfort zone? Anybody been fighting because you're in uncomfortable waters? I remember one morning last week we had done every little thing. I was hoping, I wanted to get in before the, uh, you know, right Thanksgiving week. I wanted us to be there already. I mean, I wanted us to be there four weeks ago, but, but, but you know. <laughs> I know last week we had done everything. We had met every requirement. We had done everything. And, and I just knew that, that we were, we were going to be in. And then I get the, oh, we're waiting for an appointment. Oh, the appointment is next Friday. I said, surely you mean this Friday. Because it was only Tuesday. So I said, surely, surely you mean this Friday. Let me check the date again. No, no, 12-2. Next Friday. And so I was... Carefully, you know when you wanna, you don't want to get God angry, but you're carefully questioning God. <laughs> oh, yeah. And so I, I put on my headphones to, out of out of just anger. I put on my headphones to just listen to a message and just hit play as I was walking to the train and and just for whatever comes up and whatever podcast was geared up next. And the first thing I hear is Tony Evans comes up. He's a little raw, so I, I, I like his, the way he, he shares the word. Amen. And the message starts, you know, sometimes they take a clip from the middle of the message and, and kind of just start the podcast that way. And so just like that, the first thing I hear, sometimes God won't fix you up until he deals with what messes you up. Sometimes God won't fix you up until he deals with what messed you up. Mm. Amen. 
had to wrestle with that a little bit. You know, there comes a time in your, in your Christian walk when in your immaturity, you can question God. You can come at God all kind of crazy. You know, when, when, when you're not walking with him, you can come at God all kind of crazy. You can shake your fist at God and say, God, why? Why did you, and, and whatever, whatever from, from your heart, why did you take my mom? Why did you take my dad? Why did you let this happen? Why? And, and you know, in our immaturity, we can come at God kind of sideways. And, and, and it's beautiful because the grace that God has. It's like an ant stopping one of us on the street and saying, daring us, why are we walking this path on this street? And we would look down and say, what? Like, really? Wow. How about now? Anybody ever seen a little anthill and you mess it up? Anybody? You're not mean like me. Sorry. <laughs> so sometimes God, in His amazing grace, He 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 doesn't He doesn't even respond to us. Sometimes, anybody? He doesn't respond to us when we when we pray those kind of prayers. Anybody glad for prayers that God never answered? Yeah. Think about the knucklehead you would have been with right now. Think about that crazy lady you would have been married to right now. You say, God, I promise if this, and, and, and those prayers, those uninformed, uneducated, uninspired prayers. Those immature, uninformed requests. And, and there's so many scriptures, we have to be careful, there's many scriptures about that, talking about how the clay questioning the potter. And, and God is gracious with us, and, but there comes a time when to whom much is given, much is expected. There comes a time that the word tells us Jacob, in his frustration and his fears and his struggles, he wrestled with God all night. And then God, when, when God was done, God just touched his head. Broke him. And he walked different from that point on. But in his grace, he still blessed him. Moses. Moses fought with God. If you read Moses' story, man, it's amazing. Moses would fight with God. God would be angry at the people because they're making golden calves and doing craziness. And, and God said, I'm going to wipe them all out for you like an angry father coming at some kid. And, and, and Moses says, stop, 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 stop. No, no, no. And Moses would, would fight with God and, and, and stop him and, and keep him. But then there came a time, though, that, that, that Moses... That Moses was disobedient. God told him, speak to the rock. And, and Moses struck the rock. And, you know, that was supposed to be God. God wanted to, God is so illustrative. He wanted to use that as an illustration. When you speak to the rock, the rock being Jesus, it was a picture of what was to come. It was a picture of prayer. When you speak to the rock and, the, and water comes forth from the rock. But instead, he, that picture that, 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 that God wanted to give his people, Moses messed it up. He struck it. It would be like crucifying Christ again. And so there comes a time, so God, God could not let him get away with that. There comes a time when we're not allowed to, to, to act that way with God in, in our maturity where we can't act like we used to act. Amen? And so God couldn't overlook that and Moses was not allowed to go into the promised land that he fought so hard to bring his people into. See, we could get ourselves so worked up about the wrong things. 
fighting for what doesn't matter. We, we, man, we're programmed. We're commercial. Everything is programmed in us. We fight to get ahead. We fight to make more money. We fight to get position. We fight for recognition. We, we fight to, to get ahead. And there's nothing wrong with that. But that's not the good fight. That's right. That's not the good fight. There's nothing wrong with getting ahead. There's nothing wrong with, with being more, getting more money. There's nothing wrong with being, but, but listen, even the CEO, when he's dead, they're going to put him in a box. Just like the guy that was mopping the floor. Same size box. Same level underneath the earth. That's not the good fight. And we get into all kinds of fights and we hold grudges and have unforgiveness and we carry fights for years. Some of you are not talking to people and you don't even remember why. <laughs> I forgot why I hate him. <laughs> but I know I hate him though. We do it all the time. We fight the wrong battles. A, a healthy marriage, good parenting, it's all about choosing your battles. Amen? That's a bonus. Put that, put that down. <laughs> Fighting the right fight the right way. And so Paul is telling Timothy here, I have fought the good fight. Amen. <laughs> and you can, you can stop and say, what does this have to do with the series, the standard? And, and what does 2 Timothy have anything to do with the book of Romans? Did I, did I switch it up? Did I give up? Did, did Romans get too difficult for me? Are you, are you backing out and you're sliding into another book and hoping we don't notice? No. Let me connect it for you. Paul wrote Romans, the Romans letter to the church in Rome before he was able to go to Rome, right? And if you remember in the, in the beginning, he said, I long to be with you. I long to, to meet with you and have life with you. He was, he was talking to Rome, to the church in Rome, and he said, I long to be with you and, and, so, and, and, and to live with you. And then 2 Timothy was written by Paul, and it was believed to be one of his last letters he ever wrote. And it was written while he was imprisoned for the second time in Rome. And he had every reason to believe, and it's generally accepted by most scholars, that he would shortly be executed. So he wrote 2 Timothy before he would shortly be executed. For nothing else but the fight he chose to fight. And in this letter, he's sharing his heart with younger Timothy. <clears throat> and with everything that Paul has been through at this point, you would think he would be more careful. Listen, if, if you and I would have gone through one of the scenarios that we read about that Paul went through when he was serving God, some of us would have turned away from God a long time ago. Yeah. Let's be honest. If we had gone through one of those stories, one, I'll pick any one, most of you would have been like, yep, I'm done, I'm done, I'm done. I'm investigating Buddhism and this one and this one. I'm just, because this is too hard. What Paul is going through is too hard. I'm stop meditating, doing yoga. It's too hard. Because I mean, I mean, think about how much we've complained and how uncomfortable we are and how much we've questioned God and His goodness and His grace because a tree hit our building. Because we're meeting in a school with heat and AC and chairs and lights and power. And think about how uncomfortable and how much complaining we've done here. Some people tell me, Pastor, I'll see you when we're back in the building. Told me that. 
essa rosa do See, sometimes God won't fix you up until he deals with what's messing you up. And I believe that God is showing us and we're showing to ourselves, kind of showing us as a body who's willing to be the church outside of the church. Amen. So I want to thank those of you that have come out. I want to thank you. I want to thank you that the church is still growing. Because you would think that Paul, after all the beatings and all the persecution and being shipwrecked twice, I've been seasick one, I don't want to do it again. After being shipwrecked, after being bit by poisonous snakes, after being stoned, after being imprisoned countless times, you would think that Paul would warn Timothy, listen, listen, man, don't do it this way. Don't do it the way I did it. You would think he would, he would say, listen, don't be as bold as I was. Be a little more careful. As a matter of fact, when you witness, witness on the low. Do it, do it like the modern Christians are going to do later on. They're going to say, well, everybody knows I'm a Christian. They want to come to church. They can follow me to church. I don't have to tell them nothing. I don't have to tell nobody nothing. Just, just let, them, let them see me shine. I don't have to quote the scripture. I don't have to know nothing. Just, just let them, let them, if, well, if they ask me, God, I'll tell them. If they ask me, and then you have 19 people at work, how you doing? How was your weekend? Oh, weekend was good. <laughs> he didn't technically ask me, God. <laughs> and so you would think that you would think that Paul, after being going through all this, he would tell them, listen, don't go public with this thing, man. Don't believe me, it's not good. Believe me, it's not gonna be easy. Be below with it. Just keep it under control. Keep it under wraps. Wear a Christian t-shirt with a blazer over once in a while. Flash it once in a while. <laughs> Don't put a Christian bumper sticker on your car because then people would know and then you can't cut people off. <laughs> keep it on the low. You would think that Paul had learned something from his trials and from his hard times and you would think that he would wish something different from his younger protege, Timothy. You would think that he would, he would want to protect him and he would want to guide him to do things a little differently so he wouldn't have to go through everything that he's been through. And instead, Paul writes to, second, in, to, to Timothy in, in this letter in 2 Timothy that we call 2 Timothy. And he says, I'm being poured out like a drink offering. He's talking about his life like an offering. He said, I'm being poured out like an offering. He says, I'm at the end of this thing. I'm about to be silenced physically, but I fought the good fight. He said, I finished the race. I've kept the faith. And then he says, so for you now, Timothy, for you, preach the message. Be ready, whether it's convenient or not, whether it's accepted or not, whether it's comfortable or not. Reprove, reprove, rebuke, exhort, encourage, and with patience and teaching. He says, wherever you are, if you're in a boat, tell them. If you're in a car, tell them. If you're on the job, tell them. If you're in school, tell them. Wherever you are, if you're in the street, tell them. Tell somebody. Whatever you do, preach the message. In season, out of season. He tells them, he tells them, listen, listen. You got to do it because the time is coming when people will not endure sound teaching. But they're going to have itching ears and instead they're going to follow their own desires and they're going to accumulate for themselves teachers that, and because they have an insatiable um, thirst, curiosity to hear new things. Amen. Family, be careful. 
Because we're all wired that way since sin. We all want to hear the popular stuff. How many of you had, remember growing up, I don't know if you, everybody had that magic eight ball? For, for, for the younger guys, it was, a, it was a, a magic eight ball and you shook it and when you turned it over, it would tell you, it would give you something. It would say yes, no, you know, whatever, tell you things. How many times did you turn it over to get the answer that you wanted? There's this thing that you really wanted to do and you'd shake that thing and you turn it over and it would say no. So what do you do? You shake it again. And you rephrase the question. Can I, can I? Absolutely not. So you turn it over and you shake it again. Are you sure this is really what I want to do? Can I? Yes. This thing is the move. I love this thing. Yes. And so we shake it until we get the answer that we want. Amen? Paul is saying there's going to be Christians like that. Don't be those Christians. Church, we've, we've come to, to kind of be a, a, a very prophetic church. And, 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 and some people always come in to get a prophetic word every week. People come to the church every day. I want to get a prophetic word. Where's the prophetic team? Where's the prophetic room? Who's, who's, who's on the prophetic team? I want a prophetic word. And then following the, the, the people on the prophetic team around the room like puppies. I want a prophetic word. I want a word from God. I want a fresh word from God. I want a, a fresh word from God. Listen, that's beautiful. But be careful that you're not looking for a fortune. Be careful that you don't see it as a horoscope. Be, be, be careful because listen, listen, this is what kind of kind of boggles my mind. If you were that hungry for a word from God, you, you probably would have cracked your Bible this week. I'm just saying. There's 66 books of word for you that were written for you. If you really wanted a word from God, you would have come with one. And one for somebody else. See, we gotta stop treating church like McDonald's. We don't, or Burger King or something, where you drive up and get something for you. Come, come with a sandwich for somebody else. Come with some food for somebody else. That's the body of Christ, man. We come not just to get fed, but to feed, to, 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 to get encouraged, but to encourage, to get poured into it and to pour out into people. Amen. And the truth is, sometimes God says, no. Stop shaking the thing. Sometimes he says, not for you. Sometimes he says, not now. And when you do it anyway, you're going to pay the price. Amen? When God sends you on a mission, he pays the tolls. When, when you go on your own, you go ahead of him, you got to use your money. I get people, people, I get people telling me, oh, I'm, I'm going to this other place, I'm going to this, because I want to go to a place where they're always praying for people and always giving people words, and uh, really? And I, and I say, really? Really? How many words do you need? What would you do with the last word you got? What'd you do with the last one? One, one of the couples that, you know, that God, God uses to speak prophetically over the body, they gave us a word a couple of weeks ago. They said, this, this is the time to shine. Have you been shining? 
then don't ask for another word. <laughs> don't ask for another one. You but you behind. You you're on a back list. You're on a your 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 word is on back order. You still gotta catch up to the things God already told you to do that you ain't doing. Why do we want more word? The word tells us so much that we got to do that we're not doing. Why do we want more? We just heaping accountability on ourselves. Heaping judgment. God, I want a fresh word. I'm going to go to church today and you better talk to me, God. You better tell me, give me a fresh word. God said, I gave you a fresh word 2,000 years ago. What, 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 what What do you need more? Are you doing where everything is in here? Then I'll give you more. If you do this, I'll give you more. God's able to do abundantly more than we can ask or imagine. It's, it's not that he's short on words. It's not that he's stingy. It's not that he has a, a, a short order and he has to fulfill a lot of requests. No, man. There's an abundance, an abundance of word. But we have to walk in that thing. When we walk in that thing, then the more will come. And then we can go from glory to glory to glory to glory. But in between glory and glory, there's going to be struggle and trial. Why? Because we got to work this word out. We don't get to the next glory until we work it out in us and he gets the glory. Amen. on the cake line for another piece of cake even though he hasn't eaten the first piece. Don't be that kid in the kingdom. It's time to fight the good fight. Amen, church. So Paul has endured beating after beating. He's been locked up in prison after prison. When he got to Rome, maybe he was dying to get to Rome. I can't wait to be with you. When he got to Rome, they put him on house arrest immediately. House arrest. They put a little ankle on his joint. Well, on a sandal or whatever it was back then. <laughs> on the chancleta. And, and li- listen, in one instance, in, they were so scared of him getting out of prison because he would escape out of prison all the time. So in one instance, they shackled him to two soldiers. So two soldiers had to sleep with him. They had to shackle him all the time to two soldiers. You think Paul cared? That means he had a church that he could preach to all day. All day. All day. He said, I can even preach Portland. You can't leave. I can preach for four hours. You can't go nowhere. He was under house arrest here. And, and the people that they used to guard him were the Praetorian Guard. Those were the elite soldiers. Those were Caesar's bodyguards. He had 10,000 of these elite soldiers. These guys were the cream of the crop. They were the ones that would be the next military leaders and kings and rulers. And they had to be with him for four-hour shifts. So that means these soldiers... These, the next rulers and leaders, they, for a four-hour shift, they looked over his shoulder as he wrote Philippians, Colossians, Ephesians, Philemon. They, they listened to him as he talked to the leading Jews who came in to inquire about his faith. And as he shared the gospel with others who visited him. And during dull moments of the day, I'm sure Paul would just tell him stories. I mean, you don't think Paul told the guards, you know, one time... I was in prison, right? You know, they had me locked up like this, kind of. And in the middle of the night, the building shook. No, no, why, why are you nervous? No, that's good. Nobody got hurt. But the building shook and all the doors opened. Even, and you know what happened that day? Even the warden gave his heart to the Lord that day. Because I serve a mighty God. 
You don't understand. See, you think you're holding me here. You're not holding me here. If God, if God wanted to shake these shackles, we go out of here dancing together, the three of us. For four hours, you don't think he teased those guys for four hours? You don't think he just shared and shined the light of God to these guys? And yet Paul had so many reasons and to give so many excuses and to be discouraged and to be depressed and to just stop, to just give it up. And in the end, all he has to say is, my time has come, man, I fought the good fight. I've finished the race. I have kept. Does the modern church in this future even know that God that Paul served? Church, do we even know that Jesus that he, that he encountered? Anybody looking from the outside would say, no way. No way. Those people don't know the same Jesus that Paul encountered. No way. They complain about the rain. They don't go to church in the cold. They don't go to church if it's too hot, if it's too cold. They don't go to church if it's too crowded. If somebody sat in their chair today, they're pissed off and they're not coming back next week. They, they don't, come on. No, those people don't know the same Jesus that Paul knows. I don't know if you're convicted by that, but I'm convicted by that. First Peter says, pure gold put in the fire comes out of it proved pure. Genuine faith put through suffering comes out proved genuine. Wow. Church, you and I serve this same God. Where's our fervor? Where's our strength? Where's our commitment? Where's our resilience? Where's our resolve? Where's our determination? If we believe as Paul that this life is temporary, that, that our walk here will determine our walk for eternity, one day we'll have to answer for the life that we lived here. Amen. The good news of the gospel that Paul died for, he gave his life for. Romans 5, 6 says, you see, at just the right time when we were still powerless, Christ died for the ungodly. Amen. Very rarely will anyone die for a righteous person, though for a good person, someone might possibly dare to die. But God demonstrates his own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Amen. Where's our, 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 our boasting in what God has done in our lives? Right. Where's our, where's our testimony? Do we have to have a testimony night to have testimony inside a church building with church people? That's corny. Do you understand how corny that is? Let's sit around and tell little stories about everything that God has done. For us, for what? We already know God. Go out and tell the story to somebody that don't know. It's like we're so weak and we're so powerless and we're so scared and we're so shy and we're so timid. Shut the building down already then. When are we going to be the church outside of the church? I go, I, I take, I'm, I, I close with this, I, I, I try. <coughs> I take the Metro North every day. And there's one pet peeve that I have, man. When the Metro North empties out on Grand Central, right? There's hundreds of people, right? They're coming out at every angle. If, if two trains get there at the same time, forget it. Hundreds of people coming out. And everybody has one purpose, to get out of that building, right? But some people don't walk like they have that purpose. <laughs> oh my God. That sends me to prayer every morning. Because we're walking, there's a bunch of us, and, and some people just want to check their phones. And then as they're checking, they're walking crooked, so now they're cutting off in front of me. And you can't slap nobody that early in the morning. 
but they're just crossing over in front of you. And he's like, come on, bro, at least walk straight. Walk straight. Hey, walk with purpose. And sometimes they'll stop because they're in the middle of the text and some people can't write and walk at the same time. So in the middle, a herd, stampede, they'll just stop. And be all upset. Listen, the one thing that frustrates me every is people that walk with no purpose. I realize that that means, you know, some of them are slower. Some people are just, they know how to chill. They're just not like some of us, you know, and God bless them. Amen. That they could just chill, get out Grand Central and just chill. And we're all like, oh my God, I gotta go. I gotta go. I gotta go. And they're just like, yo, when I get there, I get there. All right. I ain't even stressing this life, you know. Maybe they have it better than us. But that drives me crazy. And it, every morning it makes me question, what is my purpose? Do I know where I'm heading? Do I know what I'm doing? Am I helping people to navigate through tough places? Or am I just in people's way? The world is looking for directions and some people don't even know they're lost. We're still dealing with the book of Romans. You know how the book of the church in Rome started? There's no, we have no records on who started the church in Rome. Worship team, you guys can come and give people hope. <laughs> we have no records on who started the church in Rome. Some of you are looking restless, so I just want to, you know, maybe if you hear music, you think it's finishing, you listen a little more. <laughs> We know it wasn't Paul that started the church because Paul wrote to the church and said, I can't wait to be with you guys. I wanna... So we know it wasn't Paul. Some people believe it was Peter. The Catholic Church says it was Peter that started it. No, the, 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 the word does not tell us that. You know, who most, most scholars believe the church was started by regular people. By Christians that were... That encountered the Holy Spirit when the when the when the book you know when the Spirit fell in the Book of Acts and and Spirit fell and six thousand people Peter preached and, and 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 all those people got saved and it's believed that that from that group they people that got saved they eventually went back home to Rome and they started meeting in church they started meeting and so the church started by people no apostle no leader no. No uh, uh, disciple, no. Just people that were Christians started meeting together. Side note, that's how the gospel is supposed to work. The modern church, we're too busy following people. And following names and following name brands. and follow, we, the, the church is supposed to be us. We get the good news that Matthew 28, 19, it says, Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations. The message says it this way, go out and train everybody you meet. Far and near in this way of life, making them, marking them by baptism in the threefold name, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And then instruct them in the practice of all I've commanded you. I will be with you as you do this, day after day after day, right up to the end of the age. God says, when you do this, I will be with you. Day after day, I'll be with you as you do this. You want to walk with God? He says, I'll be with you as you do this. When this Holy Spirit comes upon us, we will have, we will have power to be witnesses. 
you hear the good news and you're transformed by it, you're reconciled to God, and now you carry in you the ministry of reconciliation. 2 Corinthians 5, 8, 18. And the Spirit of God is with you and it makes you a temple of the Holy Spirit. Watch this, catch this imagery. I know I've shared this before, but this is so good. Think about the imagery. Paul talks about this all the time in the Old Testament. And in the Old Testament, look, the temple is where people gather to worship. The temple is where people gather to hear the word of God, to be changed by the word of God, to, to be in God's presence. In the New Testament, we're that temple. Amen. This is crazy. This will change your walk if you let it. In the New Testament, you are the temple. Even you teenagers sitting that don't want to listen, you are the temple of the Spirit of God. Jesus told the religious Jews in John 2.19, destroy this temple and I'll raise it in three days. And they thought he was talking about the building that took 46 years to build. He was talking about his body. In the New Testament, the temple was where the Spirit of God dwells. 1 Corinthians 3.16 says, do you not know that you are the temple of God and the Spirit of God dwells in you? If you are the temple, people should be able to see God in you. No, that's crazy. That's crazy. They don't have to come to your church. They don't have to come to our building on 1469 St. Peter. They should see God in you. Because you're the temple. The world should find fellowship and comfort and good news at your door. You know, this, is, this is life changing, if you, if, really, if you let it. We need to ask ourselves a tough question. What are we known for? Do you live your life that way? Can people worship at your life? Can people worship in your house? Can people worship in your lifestyle? Can they, can they find comfort in you? Can they find peace in you? Because the Prince of Peace is in you. Can they find peace in you? Or do they get conflict? Or do they get condemnation? Well, if you serve God, you know. If you came to my church. No. No. Some of you want to bring people to me so I can get them saved. I can't save nobody. The church, no other preacher can save nobody. I wish I could. I'd save some of you. But I can't. Only the Spirit of God can change people. Only the Spirit of God. So if the Spirit of God is in you, you don't got to bring nobody to me. They got to come to you. They're already at your church. They're already at your church. Everywhere you go, new churches should rise up. If that's not happening, we need to examine our walk because when we're so self-focused it's like we're churches that are always closed we're beautiful buildings with locks on the doors some of us look like that building on St. Peter's Avenue right now the gates are down and there's a sign that says the church is somewhere else our life as a Christian should make non-believers question their disbelief in God Come on. I'll tell you more next time. They, they, 
There came a time in, in Rome where, in the beginning, Rome, they, it was acceptable to be a Christian. They just looked at, it at Christians like uh, they were some Jewish sect, and so they didn't bother with them. But there came a time when Nero, when the big great fire, Nero blamed the Christians for starting the fire, and that's when all hell broke loose against Christians. Then it became, uh, it became legal to torture Christians. Then they would do the wickedest things. They would wrap Christians in, in animal skins and release wild dogs at them just to watch them get eaten. Up. Then, then they would they would take Christians and as a mockery they would they would put them on crosses and they would set them on fire and use them as torches. They used Christians as torches to light the streets. So we were our bodies were lit on fire to shine. So that people would see where they were going by the light of the fire in us. Oh, that's so good. That's so good. They didn't realize how prophetic that was. But they meant for evil, God meant for our good. But they meant for evil, God will use for his glory. Church, can we stand? Can we shine? Can we fight the good fight? Can we evaluate for a moment as we just come and worship for a couple of moments before we leave this place? Can we evaluate, man, where's my life right now? And some of you can be like, well, you know, I've come, I've come to every church, I've come to every service in this in this school. I've, I've you know, I've been a part of this church for a long time. So what? I'm sorry, but it really doesn't matter. Where is my life right now? Am I the church? Do I bring comfort to people or do I bring conflict? Do I bring peace or do I bring turmoil? Do I dump everything, all my burdens and instead of taking them to the cross, instead of taking them to Christ who, who, who he says, I, I, I'm, I'm light for you. Do we dump them on non-believers at our jobs? You're giving burdens to burden holders instead of being burden lifters. Can I call you to, to, I believe, listen, right now we're in a ring. We got the shorts, the shiny shorts on up to here. <laughs> we got our names on the back of our shorts. Your hands are wrapped. You got Vaseline on your face. You got a mouthpiece in. Really, I mean, see yourself this way for a moment. And I believe in the spirit. God is ringing the bell. And it's us against the world. Can I call you to fight? Stop fighting the stupid fights. Fight the good fight. Stop fighting those battles that, that, are, end, that are pointless. And fight the good fight. If you need to forgive somebody, forgive somebody. If you need to let go of a grudge, let go of a grudge. If you need to get free, get free. If you need to confess some things, confess some things. If you need to repent, repent. There's no time. Today is the day of salvation. Today is the day of salvation. We're going to ring the bell. We're going to ring the bell. And, and whatever it is you need to do to come out fighting, I challenge you to, to come out fighting.
But go knowing in confidence that the battle's already won. It's already won. It doesn't matter what it looks like, it's already won. So I'm just gonna ring this bell. It don't sound like a bell ring if I can fight, but come on.
the highest praise goes to you, Jesus. Father, we glorify you here today, oh God. We are so grateful, oh God. Father, that you would love us so much as you do, that you would speak continuously into our lives. Father, put us back on the right path, Father, Father, to the place, Father, where, where you've always been, oh God, that you love us and you continue to draw us back to you, oh God. Father, even on this journey, Father, you have just shown us new things, oh God. Father, you have encountered us in different and new ways, oh God. Father, you have been bringing to life, oh God, the promises that you've already spoken into us as a family, as a body, as a church, oh God. And we're walking these promises out, Lord, because you said you would never leave, you would never forsake us, oh God. But Father, that you would be with us till the end, oh God. And we hold on to that promise, oh God. So, Father, I ask that you bless those that are here today. Maybe someone received something new. Father, you spoke. There was transformation here today, oh God. Somebody is different from being here today in your presence, oh God. And we are thankful for that, oh God. Lord, we leave this place knowing, Father, that change happened in every life here, Father. Because when you show up, things change, oh God. Father, we are encouraged, oh God. We're hopeful, oh God. We're blessed, oh God. And we are strong, oh God. So Father, I ask that you bless those that are here. Lord, you are blessed to be a blessing. So go ahead and let your light shine this week. Come on, let somebody have worship where you are this week. Can we do that? God bless you guys. Have a wonderful weekend.